0: Day though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. Yeah. This is a movement, time to get in tune with the truth of it, who knew that it would get so crazy, aborted like 50 million babies in them planes, flying over, dropping kip shells on us daily, and uh, AIDS ain't the only plague that they created, they got plenty in them laboratories, waiting for the day that they can release them upon the nation, extermination, agenda 21, Look it up, United Nations is still trying for the global domination And the process in them third worlds Forcing vaccinations In our country trying martial law And gun evacuation But to me it seems are gonna be a problem here waiting Cause them good old boys Are probably gonna tell them Try and take it Then it's gonna start a second civil war Up in this nation The bloodshed we gonna see Will be devastating So you better start praying We in the book of Revelation. Yeah Lord I pray Too many of my people straight away and they don't hear the truth so what do we say they better wake up before it's too late we not accept your lies we are here to free our minds God has opened our eyes because we're living in the end of time the devil's been released in the streets the rising. Their eyes closed remind them this is real warfare. We're fighting, ready to die for Christ. Will I be beheaded by ISIS? I will not deny that this is a crisis. The ones that orchestrated 9/11s behind this. The truth will open your mind just like a light switch. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I'll never deny Him. The signs of the times is on the horizon. Look at all the racial riots. Our house is divided. My nation is the states that say they're united. But instead of serving God, we serve american idols, And we better cry to God, because He's our only survivor. When they force martial law, day, burn all the Bibles. But they'll never kill my soul, because the world is inside us. Give us life for the day and light a fire behind us. breach. The government is crooked, the media is lying CIA created Facebook, helping in safe spine Apple is a part of the all-seeing eye Why you think there's so many satellites rotating around the skies? It's no surprise that we're blinded in our minds We're searching for the truth, and we just can't seem to find it Certainly there's a satanic agenda behind this Calling soldiers of the Lord, why is the church so spineless? The human race so mindless Can't thank for ourselves cause we're controlled by science psychological warfare, so I defy it And I'm labeled an enemy of the state by these tyrants I never take your chip, it's just a mind switch I never sell my soul, Jesus Christ is savior of my life I've been called to the light, I will die for the truth while exposing your lies, yeah Lord I pray, so many of my people have straight away and they don't hear the truth, so what do we say? They better wake up before it's too late. We do accept your lies. We are here to free our minds. God has opened our eyes. Because we're living in the end of time. My people perish. And he causes all, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or the forehead.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show for this Monday, November 14th, 2016 edition. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. I broadcast weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on WINB. And, of course, for more ways to listen to the program, including the customized app, getting a lot of feedback on that, and the podcast, just go to the listen page at weekendvigilante.com and you have a whole litany of different ways to enjoy the program. I just got a notice that I'm number eight in the world in talk radio on the Podomatic podcasting platform. Podomatic did a some kind of survey based on analytics on the internet. So number eight in talk. That's not even in a category, ironically. I am number two in Christian podcasting. So I'm just looking at the stats here. Number two in Christian on Podomatic. That's a very large platform. And what I love about that is that's people's choice. So that's really excellent. I just find it interesting that not one of the other people in the top 10 in talk are Christian based. They're all very secular shows. So yay, one for the Christians. (laughs) I wonder who's edging me out of number one. It's a show I've never heard of, but I'll have to check out the competition, hey? So, hey, what did you think of that intro song in the beginning? I played that on Friday because recently an incredible Christian rapper, he's an up-and-coming new artist that has got a lot of the music industry buzzing. He's a young guy, he's a friend of mine, and let me tell you, this kid can lay down some tracks. The lyrics this kid comes up with, I'm just so impressed. Young 30-year-old out of Kentucky, what a really talented young artist, Johnny Bargo from Johnny B Music, very impressive. And he wrote this song with my show in mind. And so what a privilege to have that song customized for my intro. I really like it. It's a little long, but you know what? It's better than that ravey weird tune I had before. I don't know. I'm not, I've never been really wild about any of my intros. So you guys let me know what you think. I want to hear from you. What you think of the new change up. The original song is over four minutes. I edited it down a little bit because for some of the broadcasting platforms, especially WINB, you know, they like a three minute and under intro. So we're playing around with some ideas. But what a great tune really hats off to this young kid. Well, I'm really excited about this week. I have a fantastic lineup. Tomorrow on the program, the rest is dar. It's a fantastic lineup this week. And I was really working on a lot of research and I was really struggling over the weekend to get the interview I did with Joyce Riley edited down for size. So I can have that in the archives. I didn't get that quite finished because my leg is still, I'm not out of the woods yet. It's still giving me a lot of grief. They recommend me go to physio, but I'm trying an osteopathic doctor instead. They just want to give me straight knee replacements. They're just like, oh, yeah, your knees are bone on bone. All those athletics in your younger years, well, guess what? Your knee has no cartilage left, basically, is what the ultrasound is showing. My option is knee replacements or go another venue. So drugs and butcher my knees, not really into that. I think they say knee replacements they have to replace them every 10 years. And I'm not really too keen in my 40s to do that quite yet. Thanks very much. So anyway, I had a very odd incident where I've literally felt like Malachi Martin, I felt like I was pushed. And I know that sounds, you know, some people will think, hmm, sounds strange. But I'm telling you, I had a very bad fall. And it was very strange. So all I can say is I am slowly recovering and I just did not get the work done that I needed to. I'm really struggling to keep up with all the stories and the headlines and putting everything together and just keep up with everything is it's overwhelming. Boy, we can get distracted by a lot of stuff going on. But I'll tell you what, which is the main reason why I invited my guest on today. It is the one and only Carla Butad, the co author of Power Prayers. We're going to talk about that very subject today, an important one: distraction. Carla, welcome back. Pleasure to have you back on the program.
2: Well, Sheila, it's been a long time, but I'm excited to get into today's lesson called "Beware Distractions."
1: Yes, and boy, isn't that the order of the day? Distraction. I mean, I see all these people that are so focused on that. Well, it started before the election. I think people were getting their minds so on Trump and so on the the election and now what's going to happen to Trump and all these anti-protesters. You know what? Here's the thing. All these little things are distracting us from God. Do you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. And the thing that God would have us focused on. In fact, at one time in my life, I was having a lot of distractions in my life, and God gave me a dream. And I call it the crocodile dream. I refer to it in many teachings from time to time. But what it was in the dream, I was standing on a shoreline. I had my back to the land, so I don't know where I was, what country. I just have no idea. I just know it wasn't the Gulf of Mexico because the water was like crystal clear and beautiful and vast. All I could see was water out in front of me. And there was a deck that had been built over the water that made a square. It went out away from the shore. It turned to the right. It went a distance, and then it came back to the shore. This deck was only about six inches off the water, and it was all the same water under the deck. Although there was in the square that was made by the deck, that water for some reason was black like oil. It was ominous looking. Okay, there was a group of people over on the right-hand deck, and I was going to go join these people. And when I got about halfway down the left deck, this huge crocodile began to surface in that water. Now, the nose of the crocodile was pointed toward the people. So the crocodile did not see me, but I saw the crocodile. But the people did not see the crocodile because they were distracted. Instead of paying attention to this ominous-looking water, they had their backs to the ominous water and were looking out, maybe at a whale or some dolphins or something that had distracted their attention out in the vast water. Well, when I saw the crocodile, I was going to scream and tell the people to look. Now, this was no ordinary crocodile. The stomach of this crocodile was about four feet wide. It was enormous. And the rest of it was in proportion to the stomach. So right before I went to say, hey, y'all, look, the crocodile moved at the speed of light and was up on that deck and had eaten a man, just opened its mouth and swallowed the man. Mm. Now, the rest of the people scattered, of course, and then the crocodile came back into the water and now was looking at me, and I knew that I was next on the menu. You know, there I was standing there. I knew it wouldn't do any good to scream. I knew it wouldn't do any good to run because I saw the thing move. It moved at the speed of light, and for a split second while I was asleep and dreaming, I just felt extreme fright and terror. But in the next second, something, a force rose up in me. The best way I can describe it is like a beach ball that's kind of lost some of its air, you know, has kind of wilted. And then you open that little thing and you blow in it, and the ball is back to a firm beach ball again. That was the feeling that I had coming in my body. It was like something was filling me up. And then just all of a sudden, my right hand flew out, and I pointed at that crocodile, and I said, I... Bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, and when I did that, the crocodile rolled over dead in the water.
1: You were inflated, and you deflated that poor crocodile.
2: <laughs> Listen, it, it just that just binding it in the name of Jesus caused the thing to roll over dead in the water. Now, at this time of my life, this was in two thousand eight when I had this dream. That was eight years ago, actually. So. Um, I wasn't exactly to the place that I am now, but God had been teaching me in dreams how to handle situations. And so I woke up, of course, and I just knew that this that the binding was something that God really was showing me the power in, that I could bind something, and when I bind it, it's bound. And it reminds me of Dr. Null telling me one time about a dream he had of this huge Tarantula that crawled inside of his room. This is when God was teaching him about warfare. This tarantula was looking at him through the door, and it was dark, but he could see the eyes and he could see this tarantula because it was in the spirit. And he was scared, so he put his head under the covers, and then the big tarantula began one leg at a time coming into the bedroom until it was standing over his bed, just eyeballing him. So while he was under the covers, he said, The Lord spoke to him and said, You know, you can bind that thing. And he said, I pulled the covers down just below my eyes, (laughs) and he said, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, when he said that, these huge angels came carrying huge chains and bound that tarantula up, and off it went. So I knew that God was teaching me in this dream how to handle something that endangered me, but... Also, the thing that I came away from that dream with was to beware distractions. People who have a call on their life need to focus on the call of God on their life and not be distracted by frivolous things because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. These distractions, the enemy is quite versed in, in how to draw us away from what God wants us to be focused on. And sometimes he'll use bad things, you know, crises of different kinds, or if he can't get you that way, he'll even use good things. He'll get you busy doing good things, but they're not the things that he has called you to focus on. So that became a real, it was just an in my face realization. And I was watching everywhere for these distractions so that I would not be distracted. Here's a for instance. I did a teaching one time on a particular subject that is very controversial. After the teaching, this man came to me, and he was most upset with what I had taught and had done years of study on this particular subject, and he wanted to send me his notes so that I could study his study so that I could come up with the same conclusion, I'm sure, was the whole point but it wasn't what god showed me and so i told the man very graciously thank you for your offer i said but listen that's not what god has me focused on and if i leave what he has me focused on now to look at this that becomes a distraction and god has made me very aware to beware of distractions that would pull me away from what god has me focused on
1: There's a new slogan I like, aware to beware. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, now, you said focus a little while ago. The opposite of distracted is focus on what God wants us to do, right? I think that's really important, isn't it?
2: It is, because if you look back in history, especially, I mean, all the way back to Genesis in chapter 3, that's exactly what Satan used in the form of the serpent to distract Adam and Eve away from what God had told them. He just dropped a subtle little thing like, did God really say that? You know, he's pulling them away from what God did say, which is what they should have focused on. If they had stayed focused on what God said, then perhaps they would have never eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But see, he's very subtle. That word subtle means He uses a strategy, and he uses it very well, and it's usually for wrong purposes. And that's what he did with Adam and Eve. So that alone should tell us that we need to keep our eyes on what God has said and not be distracted by what the world is saying, by what political correct is saying, by all of these different things, because that's the way the enemy is pulling us away from the things that we should really focus on.
1: Well, you just mentioned something, uh, really the heart of this whole thing, and it's being distracted from God by the world. What does Romans twelve two say? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That goes on to say about discerning what is the will of God. You were just talking about this guy shoving something down your throat. Well, what is the will of God? That's very important that you wove those two pieces because what does Hebrews 12:2 say fixing our attention on Jesus the mm-hmm. perfecter of our faith? This world has lots of distractions, but really that's that's a huge piece because I mean in this world of every kind of technology vying for our attention and as technology advances, it's clear to see Carla that people are getting distracted and when we allow all this stuff to consume our lives, We slowly drift away from God altogether. It's kind of the frog in the getting acclimated to the boiling water. So, you know, I think personally that distraction from God is extremely dangerous because when we start losing sight of our captain, then not only is our boat going to go the wrong way, our direction is going to get muddled, too. We're not going to go in the direction of God. And as a result of that, we can miss a lot of blessing, get into trials, turmoil, and really get into unbelief.
2: Yeah, that's what Satan is after. He he, if he can move us into doubt and unbelief, he's got us. Every time we get into doubt and unbelief, we see the results of that. Like when Peter, when Peter said, "Lord, if that be you, bid me come to you," Jesus said, "Come." A, a lot of people give Peter a hard time. Listen, I, I give him a lot of credit that he at least. did do the things, you know, that Jesus told him to do. At least he got out of the boat. (laughs) He did. He he had to, if he was sitting, he had to stand up, he had to put his leg over the boat. Those are all acts of faith in the word that Jesus spoke, which was come. And, of course, he was going to have to walk on the water to get to Jesus. So he gets out of the boat, and he's doing, he's defying gravity. Listen, that was a principle of the kingdom of God. Jesus demonstrated so many principles of the kingdom of God when he was with the disciples on this earth that we have record of. And so while Peter's walking on the water, it said, then he looked at the wind and the wave and he began to sink. And that is exactly the purpose of distractions. And I tell people all the time, you know, Satan uses this this principle. He has a spirit of magnification that he will, you know, you can be going through life, everything is going pretty good. And then all of a sudden, this one little thing is going wrong. And he puts his great big spirit of magnification on it until that thing begins to consume all of your energy, all of your thoughts, It can turn into fear. It can turn into doubt. It can turn into unbelief, which is his purpose. I do a demonstration sometimes when I'm teaching children. I'll take a flashlight and shine it on the wall. And I'll use my finger, just my finger, and I'll put my finger in front of the flashlight, and the light is shining on my finger. It makes the finger look huge on the wall. When Satan comes between you and the light of God, whatever it is, is going to seem insurmountable. And it is to put you in fear and doubt and unbelief and draw you away from what God really wants you to be focused on. You know, when all three of my children were going crazy, this is back when hell came to my house. One of the things that God said to me was that I've given you a work to do, and that was to teach, and you've been doing it. And things have come up. Satan's tried to kill you physically. He's tried to destroy your marriage. He's tried to destroy your finances. He's tried to destroy the little church that God had put together. But none of those things would shut you up and make you quit. So now the enemy has moved into your children. And the purpose of all of these things that are happening is to discredit you in the sight of man. So now Satan's moved into your children because that's where your heartstrings are. And those, when that began to happen with my children, that became the distraction that worked. But when God showed me that, I mean, that was it. I didn't know how I was going to deal with these things, but God taught me how. In order to continue to stay focused on the things that he called me to do, he's given us everything we need to be victorious.
1: Yeah, he really has given us such an arsenal of tools. And yet, there's so many people that are not experiencing victory, we get the emails, they're going through incredible financial difficulties, marital problems, tremendous grief from family members, co workers, some people are getting hit with so much stuff all simultaneously that they get into the fear, the doubt, the unbelief. They're just get getting pummeled with one issue after another. And I think this is where people are getting distracted by what is appearing in front of them. They're focused on what's going on right now, but they're not seeing things in God's timing. God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans he has for you. And we are not to get distracted by these day-to-day circumstances, even when it feels like, are you kidding me? What possible good is there in this situation? And that's why I want you to get into your story about the blip, because I think this will really encourage people.
2: Okay. When I was sitting in a defeated place, and I say this all the time, if it were not for the Lord, I would be in a crumpled heap somewhere, good for nobody and nothing. But I was sitting in a chair one day, and I was just in utter despair, crying. I was just—I felt so hopeless and so helpless. And God came to me, and he said, Look, as long as you live by sight and circumstances, this is where you're going to find yourself. And I had to stop crying to think about what he said. <laughs> I mean, because I can't cry and, and think at the same time. And so I, I'm thinking about what he said, and I'm like, What? And he said, you can continue to live by sight and circumstances, and this is where you're going to find yourself. You can either live by sight or you can stand on my word. Oh, my goodness. So as soon as I heard that, I heard, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he will not depart from it. And also, all your children shall be taught of me, and great shall be their peace. And I was like, Lord, I did that. I did that. Why is this happening? He said, okay, here's the promise, and you did it. Here's the manifestation about 24 inches over to the right. Here's the manifestation. But you're in the middle. This is where you are right now. So I want you to come up here where I am and see your children as I see them. He said, I see them already finished. And at that moment, I knew that God was showing me how to live by faith because it doesn't look like anything's happening, but he wants me to look beyond what I see now to the end result and live my life now like it's already done. When my daughter, uh, our daughter, had a child out of wedlock, and it was devastating, but God, in his gracious way, got us through that, gave me some real nuggets, like his plan for her life has not changed, compared her to Abraham and Sarah, who God had given a promise and they messed up, but it didn't change God's promise. And that was very comforting. Okay. Well, seven years later, she gets pregnant again out of wedlock by the same baby daddy. I I went into a pit. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this could happen twice. And I was in a pit. I mean, who does that twice? But anyway, there we were faced with this situation again. And I was just, in a pit. And God came so sweetly, as he always does. And he said, Carla, you're looking at this like it's a great big mountain. And I was like, isn't it? And God said, in the grand scheme of things, this is a blip on my radar. I went, a blip? (laughs) A blip. A blip. I like that Lord, I mean, and, and in that moment, like, I was down in this pit looking at the mountain, and that's why the mountain looks so insurmountable, because usually when we're looking at the mountain, we're in a pit. But at that moment, I came up out of the pit, and the mountain disappeared. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not prevented from going in that fire. But when they got in that fire, it says in the word that the fire had no power over them mm. I love that and they came out not a hair cinched, not even smelling like smoke so in that thought process as God ministered to me through that I knew that I was going to walk through this fire just like I walked through the other fire and come out on the other side not even smelling like smoke that's what God is able to do for us if we don't take our eyes off him it's amazing.
1: What did Jesus say there to Peter as you were talking about Peter? I thought, isn't it interesting? So when Mm -hmm. Jesus said, why do you doubt? He's talking about Peter getting distracted by his surroundings because really he was looking around at his circumstances and he got his eyes off Jesus. And then he shouted, oh, help me, Lord. Save me, Lord. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? And I really think that is what God is saying to us today. What is with your unbelief here, folks? Did I not say to you, be not anxious for anything? What part of that do people not get? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. The weather and the waves were Peter's circumstances that he got his eyes off Jesus. What is your distraction today? What are the circumstances going on in your life that are getting your eyes so fixated on your circumstances and getting your eyes off of God. Because really, that is a lack of faith right there. And that lack of faith is a distraction.
2: It is. I really believe that that is why the disciples could not heal the child that had the epileptic seizures. You know, the father brings the child and the disciples tried to cast it out, but they could not. Then when Jesus Jesus said, bring the boy to me, so they did. As the boy was approaching Jesus, he began to uh, wallow on the ground, foaming and gnashing his teeth, and Jesus cast the demon out of the boy. Then the disciples said, why could we not do it? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Now, what I think happened was, The disciples began to cast the demon out of the boy, but the manifestations that the boy began to do with the disciples scared them. It became a distraction, and it caused them to back away from casting the demon out. And Jesus told them, this kind, and he's talking about the unbelief. He's talking about unbelief. He's not talking about this demon is so strong that you have to fast and pray. No, we need to live a lifestyle that is fasted and prayed, if you come upon a situation that somebody is in dire need, you, don't, you can't tell that person, okay, hey, I'll be back in three days. I've got to go fast and pray. <laughs> no, it's the name of Jesus in the first place. It's the name of Jesus mm. that the power is there to cast that demon out. That's what Jesus told us. He said, in my name you shall cast out demons, except those really strong ones. No, he didn't say that. He just said, in my name, you shall cast out demons. And, and I've even been guilty of that. I've had people manifest that became, I mean, they caught me off guard. It was a huge distraction. But I have learned not to be distracted by those things that catch me off guard. So it, we really have to be watchful. What does it say? Be sober, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. That means watchful. You are watching. In fact, I watch for the distractions. My husband, and I would say, that's just a boo. It means the devil is right there and he jumps up and goes, boo. And if he can scare you, he's got you. We have to be watchful and knowing that that is the way he works. Be watchful for those distractions and not let them pull you away from your focus.
1: And also that scripture in 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant because the devil as a roaring lion, he's seeking whom he may devour. And that's devour. what happens when you're when you're getting all distracted. Distracted actually, one of the words of it means disturbance, interruption, hindrance, interference from the devil. And let's face it, he is a master at interference. And what does the Bible tell us? Remain alert, keep standing firm in your faith, keep on being courageous and strong. So don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the Lord because when you get your eyes off Jesus and all this other junk going on, it's like, you know, we're so consumed with this Facebook and Reddit and our Instagram, and we only acknowledge God with a quick 20-second prayer before bed, really? Or we give him five minutes a morning if that? That should not be, Carla.
2: Well, but see, Satan knew what a distraction these things would be. I mean, the cell phone... My goodness, people act like if they don't have their cell phone right there with them, I'm I'm always quick to tell people, look, I'm not connected at the hip with my phone. Yeah. If you send me a text, you may not hear from me for five hours because I'm not with my phone all the time. People get
1: downright irritated if you don't get back to them in five seconds.
2: <laughs> or even the same day. Or the same And I day. tell them sometimes, you know, sometimes depending on my day, I may not have time to sit down and give the thought and time that it takes to answer some of these emails that I get.
1: This is the... Whole point is with all this technology, with the busyness and the bustling of the world, you know, we're so busy looking at ourselves, our jobs, our money, our relationships, our cell phones, our TV, our social media that we we're so consumed with this all day long that again, we give God the quick twenty second prayer before bed, or we give Him five minutes in the morning. If even that, some people aren't even devoting that time in the morning to the Lord, and we are supposed to give God our first fruits and. I don't think that's just in money. I think that's in our time, in our diligence, in our studies. We want to press into the deep things of God. Well, then we better be getting in his word because his word is a discerner. And yet we make all these excuses. I'm busy. I work two jobs. I got a household to run. We can make every flim-flam, floppy excuse going. And not starting our day off with him, I think it's dangerous. You know, we eat three times a day. We better not be missing our spiritual food either, because man cannot live off bread alone. Don't get so distracted and busy that you don't have time for the Lord.
2: Right. It has be We are a distracted people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the smoke screens, the, you know, it's like throwing a smoke bomb into a crowd. The devil is real masterful at at knowing exactly how to pull you away from your focus. And See, that was the whole thing with the dream. The people were distracted away from something that should have had their focus, and they looked away from it, and the the crocodile is is, um, representative of Satan. So he can come up behind you and take you out. This is a time in our world that we need to be more focused than ever and not be pulled away, drawn away by every little thing that comes along. And it's kind of like we had uh, two dogs at the time. We had an older dog and we had a puppy. And that puppy would run from thing to thing to thing to thing, chase a butterfly, pick up a cup on the road, drop it, run over here and sniff the can and run over here and do this. But the older dog, knowing that there are snakes in the woods, he's watchful. He is about his business. And yet the puppy is just playful and it's kind of like people who are not focused are like these little puppies that just are driven by their whatever's popping up at the moment it says don't be like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine i mean the world is full of that right now the latest greatest flash in the pan whatever it is
1: iphone 7
2: (laughs) yes or even different doctrinal things in the church you know I mean, I don't hear too much about it anymore, but goodness, about five or ten years ago, people were chasing after gold dust and feathers and all manner of, you know, stuff that has nothing to do with God.
1: They're so desperate for the Holy Spirit. They'll let any spirit, even the Kundalini spirit, enter into the church. And I think it goes back to something you said before. The church has become bored.
2: Well, I I say they've grown bored because, because we're not seeing the power of God in the church. And so people are pulled away by other powers that they are seeing and are entertained by them and excited by them.
1: Well, we're so yeah. anxious to keep it moving, keep it going. We've got now rock bands. We have, somebody sent me a picture of a church that had a stripper pole on the stage. I couldn't even believe that. And I haven't vetted that. I didn't also vet the email someone sent me saying that in North Carolina, in Charlotte, North Carolina, a congregation there was given a surprise and they arrived to discover a new water slide baptismal. Talking about your official three ring circus, that was reported from this Elevation Church out of North Carolina. But again, if that's the case, who knew that your trip to Disney World just got out trumped by a church slide? Unbelievable. Did
2: you say water slide baptismal? Yes. Oh my, that is blasphemous. I know, and
1: it's exactly why Jesus threw those moneylenders. It's like when Jesus said, my father's house will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a, a den of thieves. He cast the whole lot of them out of there. That's the other problem is people have desecrated the holy place, the house of prayer. Essentially, you people are making a mockery out of God's holy temple. That's where we're at today with these big mega church, mega bands, mega festivals. You know, keep it moving, keep it going, keep the entertainment flowing out with you, I say.
2: And it's only going to get worse. I mean, things are speeding up so fast. You know, I, sometimes I feel like I've been left behind in the dust because because I I refuse to get on Facebook. And I know everybody says, oh, but you can this and oh, but you can that. I don't have time to man the thing. You know, you have to sit in front of a computer to do that. I don't have that kind of time.
1: Well, and what does Proverbs say? To be wise about your time. It talks about that, right? there, prioritizing your mm-hmm. time. and. Facebook has become, let's face it, and I'm telling you what, I know people that have emailed me that said, you know, I'm on Facebook sometimes, this is them talking, I can't seem to pull myself away. These things are very addictive, too.
2: Well, I was just fixing to say, it it is the newest addiction. Um, To cell phones, to Facebook, Twitter, all those things, it is an absolute addiction.
1: Well, now there's an AA group for social media addiction, if you can believe that.
2: I believe it. And and not to mention the children who at very early ages are addicted to these games. You know, we, we had to put a time limit on how much time our granddaughter can spend on her tablet. Because, you know, all of these games are just, you know, and we, we've we known for a long time the The texting, the emailing, I mean, like writing someone an actual thank you note or a letter is almost unheard of today. In fact, I laughed out loud. I was watching one of the shows I like to watch is CBS Sunday Morning because they have all these little snippets of stories. I can watch the ones I want to see and I tape it. But anyway, there was a segment on there of these high school students that were taken and shown typewriters. I mean, they were just fascinated by the typewriter because they'd never seen one before. All they had was the computer. You mean this actually puts it on the paper? And I mean, it's like, you know, they were just amazed by it. And now they are having classes in colleges how to write a letter. It's like everything Old is new again. Everything that goes around comes around. And here it is looking like something very new and innovative. And and it's really something that used to happen all the time. But those things are kind of getting lost. Communication skills are getting lost because people don't even make eye contact with each other anymore. It's it's just weird.
1: Well, it's weird. And it's downright sad. This is where we find ourselves. Everybody too busy staring at their phone to even... Look anyone in the eye? What is with that? It's like all these zombified minions that are walking around in this dystopic trance. It reminds me of the Pied Piper where they're all being lulled into a dystopic trance with the soothing sounds of a magic flute. And it's not bad enough that we're distracted by all these gadgets, but even unhealthy relationships. You know, if we're not buying more crap we don't need, we get involved with people we don't need. Colossians three two says set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, but we're so busy distracted by people, places, and things, aren't we?
2: Yes, and since you brought that up, I was reminded um, of something that I have had to tell people more and more. So I know it's becoming a real distraction in itself, and that is the amount of time that people spend in Bad relationships with other people. You know, Mm. they just are always striving in this relationship. And it's been quite a few years ago that God, this is the way I put it, God has showed me the necessity of separating myself from people who cause me continued grief.
1: Mmm, I like that. That becomes
2: a distraction. It pulls you away, keeps your your emotions in turmoil and your thought processes in turmoil because it's just one crisis to another, to another, to another. I've really, even with some family relationships, those who cause me grief, I spend less of of my energies trying to keep that thing afloat. This is pulling me away from the things I really need to be about. And I just have let go of some of those. I mean, you look at Abraham. God said, get thee up out of thy country and away from thy people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your family can just be a constant source of distraction. I'm sure he told Abraham to get away from his people because it, you really start searching, seeking God and the deeper things of God, and everybody's going to tell you how wrong you are, how stupid you are, how how fanatical you are. <laughs> You know, and and then he had to bring his favorite nephew, which was a big mistake. If you look at that story really good, nothing really started happening until he separated from Lot.
1: Boy, that is so true. We really need to separate ourselves from people that are not uplifting us and not encouraging and edifying us, really. People that are sucking the life out of us. It's even like these people that don't accept your calling or they think you're a kook or whatever. Hey, Jesus said, shake the dust. Well, I need a backhoe to gather up that mountain of dust.
2: <laughs> really?
1: But you know what? We can't let that stuff get to us. We can't let people, places, or circumstances distract us from what God is doing because God is still sovereign and God is still on the throne.
2: And we see that God is still a God of miracles.
1: He is. Yet, sadly, Christians very seldomly recognize God's miracles. Why don't they? Well, number one, they're not paying attention. Number two, they don't know how to pray, which goes back to why we wrote power prayers. They don't know their authority, for one thing, their power and authority. And so they don't recognize God at work in their life. Boy, but they sure recognize all the other weirdness going on out in the world, which has become a complete distraction.
2: Yep. Because that's really, they're seeing more of that than they are, you know, the actual demonstration of the power of God in the churches. Because the churches have become distracted away from Him.
1: Well, it reminds me of when Jesus entered the home of Mary and Martha, those two sisters. Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. When Jesus says your name twice, be on the lookout there. But this is the thing. In the story, Martha is working hard in the kitchen. Luke alerts us there to the fundamental obstacle that keeps us from being with Jesus. He doesn't say she was too busy. He doesn't say she was overcommitted. He said that word there is distracted. A word that means to be physically pulled or dragged away from something. She was in God's presence, trying to learn from him listening to his voice. And that's how it should be with us. We need to be ready for the Jesus moments that are right in front of us.
2: That That's very fitting. Very fitting.
1: You know, it's kind of like Luke twenty one thirty four. Constantly be on your guard so that your hearts will not be loaded down with self-indulgent and the worries of this life or that day will take you by surprise it reminds me of in your dream you know I picture these people they're not paying attention it's like those people were all off distracted by god knows what probably taking selfies I actually saw a girl that almost got hit by a car because she's standing there with one of the most pride-filled narcissistic creations ever invented with a selfie stick yeah well her little selfie stick and her little spirit of pride almost got her killed
2: really. This is interesting. One of the things, the crocodile is like described in Job 41 as Leviathan. It describes his teeth, his jaws, his scales, everything. The only thing, it says, he maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. You know, that black it was like oil. The water was like oil. And this crocodile comes up. It says in verse 34, he a king over all the children of pride.
1: Yeah, Leviathan and pride are practically synonymous. And pride goes back to the very thing we were talking about with all this social media. What a narcissistic, in love with our self culture we are. Yeah, well, Satan was in love with himself, too. He thought he was so special.
2: How true. It's like, I refer to Facebook, and I know, I know that there are a lot of good things can come through Facebook, but, you know, it's almost like cyber, I call it cyber voyeurism, which allows people to peeping Tom into your... Because people, I mean, people will put anything on there, anything. My son sent pictures and said, if you don't hear from me this weekend, if I don't answer your text, it's because, um," and he gave the location where he was going to be. I thought, you know, that's not smart.
1: Well, especially with the NSA spying and the surveillance state and the absolute erosion of all our freedoms and liberties. I mean, they can almost know where you are. That's a data mining device to track you. Hey, I got one, Carla. Hack, track, attack, and distract.
2: (laughs) (laughs) really. They do. I mean, your cell phone is definitely a tracking device. They have ways of pulling up your phone. They can. They know which towers you're pinging off of. I mean, it's <laughs> the way they are. I mean, it works good if you're looking for someone that's missing or something, but I mean, is it necessary for someone to know where we are? Well, it's that's happening. the world we live in. It
1: is. It is the world. And be ye not of the world. I think The world is shaping Christians so much. You know, we're supposed to be the salt and the light. And yet, look, it's happening. So in the waning moments, Carla, if you will, in the last six minutes of the show, if you wouldn't mind, let's pray over the people so we can actually also bind up that oppressive spirit of distraction as well.
2: Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, I give you thanks that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy. So we exercise that power right now and come against, cast down, make void, and nullify the spirit of distraction in our lives. We bind and break the power of every spirit the enemy is using to pull our focus away from you and your word and your call on our lives. We bind every tormenting thought, emotion, and physical distraction being projected from the enemy To cause us to take our eyes off you, giving heed to the spirit of magnification that Satan uses to cause whatever it is to seem so much bigger than it really is. That thing designed to consume our mind, our thoughts, and suck our energies from us to keep us from accomplishing what you have called us to do. We now loose upon us the spirit of power and a sound mind to stay focused on what you have called us to do to keep our eyes on you in order to accomplish the call that you have on each of our lives.
1: And Father, right now, we just bind that spirit of doubt and unbelief and fear. And that, as Carla said, the magnification of focusing on all our problems and, and getting our eyes off of you, we bind that distracting magnification, that oppressive spirit that is causing people to focus on the wrong thing. We come against every spirit of fear right now. I know that's a big one out there for you folks, the spirit of fear that stops you from also filling the calling God has on your life. Right now, we bind and break the power of the enemy, the kingdom of darkness, coming against God's people right now Satan we bind you rebuke you and render you powerless we break that spirit of doubt right now that same doubt when Peter looked around at the waves we bind that spirit and command it to get out of God's people right now in Jesus name we lose the sound mind of Jesus Christ and we bind all those mental tormenting hexing vexing spirits that are causing you again to be distracted by people places and things Instead of being pressed into the word of God. And Father, we just loose that spirit of truth into their minds and the peace that surpasses all understanding, all that anxiousness, all that worry, the fretting. We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and command it to get out right now. And Father, we just thank you for the ability to have this platform to pray for God's people. That is so important. There's never been a time where prayer is so needed. So we just really ask you to bless each person listening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: Carla, I want to thank you for coming on the program today. This was a needed message, let me tell you.
2: I believe so, too. Thank you for having me, Sheila.
1: Thank you, Carla. Folks, that was Carla Butod. Her website is carlabutod.com. That's Carla, B-U-T-A-U-D dot com. You can find that linked on today's bio, Monday, November 14th. And if you have not got your hands on a copy of Power Prayers, get it. You need to have that book, powerprayers.ca. Craziness is the order of the day, and that book is the ultimate arsenal, the ultimate compendium for you as a Christian believer, I'll tell you. Power Prayers. Ca. Reach out to Carla. Let her know you heard her on the show today. Again, her information is linked on today's bio. Later today, you can find in the archives the show I did on the Joyce Riley Power Hour. It'll be uploaded there later. To find it, simply go to weekendvigilante.com and go to the radio archives page. You'll find it there. Keep in mind that show is for a whole different kind of listener than you folks because I know you're the best audience in the world and you are awake and you are pressing into the deeper things of God. So when I go on another show, I got to remember there's, <laughs> they don't have the audience like I do. I'm just so thankful for you guys. Hey, tomorrow on the program, Russ Dizdar is coming on. That is going to be a good show. You're not going to want to miss it. And then Wednesday, Jerry McGee from Texas is joining us first time on the show, and it's going to be excellent. Just a star-studded lineup this week. Thank you very much for taking the time to tune into the broadcast today. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, and God bless you.